Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. Uh, and Phil, I believe you have a, a statement you've prepared in in honor of this mini episode to sort of intro things. I know you've been working hard and long on this, so if you'd like to share that with our audience, I think now would be the appropriate time. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite impressive i have to say yeah it really does that's that's quite impressive uh for those of you who who are really confused right now because maybe you didn't look at the title of this episode we are doing our <laughs> top five big monster movies and that was phil's best big monster impression which i have to say I mean, if I was holding up like a judge's scorecard, I would give that a 9.9. I was really impressed by just the volume of your your monsterness. Thank you very much. I do I do pride myself on my monsterness. Well, as well you should, clearly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So um so this is our top 5 big monster movies and we should we should say we did have a couple of ground rules for this one just to kind of keep things you know from getting too out of control right Yeah uh, so one of the things was that it had to be like a bigger than usual monster like an oversized monster so like jaws wouldn't count because even though it's a big shark, it's not like it's a mutated big shark. It's just a, a great white shark and that they are that big, right? Yeah, but but something like Meg would count, but I doubt Meg's going to be on either list. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I agree. I, I like Meg, but it certainly wouldn't be in my yeah, top five. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, something like Anaconda wouldn't fit because Anacondas get as big as in that movie. Or, well, maybe that's a little, maybe they get a little, That's that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but they still get pretty long. So we yeah, were trying yeah, to yeah. focus on kind of your oversized monsters. Um, and we also decided only one movie per monster because otherwise you could have you know three or four m- movies from one franchise and that seemed kind of kind of silly yeah yeah a little bit of a waste of a five movie list so those were our rules going in was there anything else that you had phil that you kept in mind when you were doing this uh i just as long as it's you know it's a big monster kind of thing which destroys stuff or kills people right yeah. right there you go i think that's pretty much it yes this I, I will say my list is definitely filled with uh mayhem and destruction and death so this is a cheerful episode yeah 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 hello hello i think my first one you know will have some you know some nice aspects to it okay that's good then why don't you start us off and give us your number five okay well, my number five i tried to think of the most harmless safe thing i could and that's why it's the stay puffed marshmallow man from ghostbusters <laughs> very nice oh as we another his other name is gozer who appears right. as whatever you, uh, you know, the chosen one decides. And in this case, it was Raymond Stance who thought of the Stay, Push Mar- Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And as we all know, suddenly you got a giant marshmallow man crunching down Fifth Avenue and destroying things. Yeah, yeah it is a giant monster, but it's a nice one, although it wants to kill you. But uh, yeah. That's my number five. Well, of course, that's a great pick. I didn't put Ghostbusters on my list, actually, and I'll tell you why. Obviously, it is one of my favorite movies, but I I thought of them more as ghosts than monsters, and that's a fine nit to pick. Yeah, and I'm certainly yeah, not yeah. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be on your list. I, I think it's a great pick. That's just in my mind. You know how we do these lists. We sort of come up with our own sort of internal criteria. Oh, it happens. It happens. Yeah. yeah right. You know. So so that one didn't make my list, but obviously, it it would if I was including you know 
those types of monsters as well. So That's okay, but what's, what's your number five? All right, my number five is a tie, uh, but I think you'll see why. It is Big Ass Spider from 2013 and Eight-Legged Freaks from 2002. Ah, good stuff, yeah. So both giant spider movies, uh, which apparently I seem to have an affinity for. Both of these movies feature giant spiders. Big Ass Spider only has one giant spider, and it's like really giant. Uh, Eight-Legged Freaks is more about like your kind of semi-giant you know, like human sized spiders. Yeah. Uh, whereas big, you know, big ass spiders like gigantic, like climbing up buildings and stuff. But um, what I like about both of these is they're really funny movies, you know, and but they don't shy away from like killing people, which sounds kind of morbid. But like, you know, there's nothing worse than like a horror movie that has no teeth. Like kind of why Meg didn't make my list, actually, is for a giant shark movie. There was surprisingly little, you yeah, know, not enough factual size, you know, people getting chewed on. Right. They just they just wanted to make it PG-13 so much that like nobody died, like nobody got eaten in it. It kind of took some of the fun out of it. You know, both big ass spider and eight legged freaks. Lots of people bite it, you know, because these spiders are killing and eating people and they're really fun. Um, big ass spider stars Greg Grunberg, who's terrific and he's really funny. And then eight legged freaks has David Arquette and, and Kari Wurr. And even if you don't love David Arquette, it doesn't matter. He's really good in this movie. Um, but they're both just fun and action-packed and enjoyable and humorous, and I love them both. So that's my number five, two giant spider flicks. Excellent. And you basically sum up what you want in, like, monster movies. You want you want humor, you want destruction, you want peril, and you want a big right. monster. Yeah. Right, Excellent. exactly. Yeah, that's and they've, exactly. They have those in, in, in spades. Okay. My number four is a, it's also a tie. It's Tremors and Dune because both of them feature sandworms who are sandworms who are attracted by sound and are both wildly different kind of films but i like both of them yeah. and i wanted to get them both on my list but i didn't want to take up two spots but tremors kevin bacon fred, fred ward you got the graboids i love that film it's so well done it's such a great such a tight story it's just all self-contained i love the i love it's got the humor it's proper monster movie. Dune, on the other hand, isn't really a monster movie, but I just love the whole design of the sandworms of Arrakis and the sheer size of them. So it's more Dune's probably more like you know a little just an add-on, but I just I just right. wanted to have those sandworms on as well because I do love them, sure. especially when they've got the the, uh, the the people riding on the back of them. But it's mainly Tremors because oh, it's it's so good. It's Tremors, isn't it? You got these, <laughs> yeah yeah so many so many cool bits. It's so again like you were saying with the uh, the spider movies. There are moments where you're going, oh my God, and it's you are jumping and there's people dying in hideous ways and there's the aftermath of that. But uh, that's my number four. Very good pick. Uh, no, I, I totally get why you added Dune. I, I get that. It's, it's a, the movie's a bit of a mess, but those sandworm sequences are pretty darn neat. So yeah, yeah. And it, you know, they're both giant worms, so that's a good tie. Just like yes. my giant spiders fit, yes. you know, fit together well. Exactly. Very good pick. All right. Well, my number four is uh, is actually a surprise to me. And I'll explain what I mean by that. But it is from 2008. It is Cloverfield. Oh, okay. Yeah, good, good. The reason it's a surprise to me is when Cloverfield came out in 2008, I, I saw it in theaters. And I, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, you know, I, I, I felt at the time like the camera work was too shaky because it's a found footage film. I, I, I kept thinking like they didn't show the monster enough. You know, like I, I just had some problems with it. Well, I just watched it again like two nights ago, like on a lark, like it was on Netflix. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to just watch, you know, Cloverfield. I haven't seen it in a long time. I had been wanting to rewatch it for a while. And I have to say, I really loved it this time around. Something about it that, that I, you know, maybe because my expectations were lowered, who knows what. But I had a really fun time watching it. Um, there's a lot more of the monster than I than I remember there being. I also didn't find the shaky camera 
uh, bother me nearly as much. I think maybe because I was watching it at home as opposed to in the theaters. Yeah, I, I think it works better on a small screen, to be honest. I, I think it does, too. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. And I forgot how many people in that film went on to have bigger and better careers. You know, uh, T.J. Miller is the guy behind the camera. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you've got Lizzie Kaplan in there. Uh, Mike Vogel, who went on to be in a bunch of stuff, including the Under the Dome TV show. And he's a favorite of ours. Um, just a lot of recognizable faces in that movie that I didn't realize you know, we're in it. But I, like I said, I, I really liked it this time around. So it's a surprise to me because if I had made this list three days ago, it wouldn't have even come close to my top five. And, <laughs> cool. you know, here it is at my number four because I, I really, really liked it. I think it's aged well and I think it's better on the small screen. So that's yeah. my number four. Excellent choice. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, the last time I did, it was on the on a TV and it does, I did feel it worked better. Yeah, definitely. Small screen. Okay. My number three uh, is one, it's a classic, but it's, I'll go. It's uh, it's King Kong, nineteen thirty-three. Very good. Uh, classic monster. You know he's been he's legendary. There's Kong Skull Island as well, which is a, I I quite enjoy as well. Updated. That's I think Kong Skull Island's more of like a monster monster movie, if you know what I mean. But uh, King Kong's the classic. It's a great film. It's obviously not as it isn't the usual death and destruction as of lots of these other kind of monster movies. But he is one of the the one of the first and it's such an incredibly well-made film uh the fact and the fact that kong himself has got so much personality in it and you can see you know he's conflicted he's in love he wants to kill things he wants to destroy things he just wants to go home all that kind of stuff but uh so many amazing things but uh it's my number three purely because it probably would have been higher but because the list is about the monster movies this have destruction and death i've gone at ease and because there isn't that much of that in the original film but uh, that's why he's my number three. Well, uh, that's a great pick. As you know, King Kong from 1933 is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. So I, I do respect that pick. And we'll see what happens with my list as we move along. Maybe mm. I'll surprise you. Well, we'll Maybe see. I won't. Okay. We'll see. I'm going to leave it vague for now. Ooh. All right. My number three is from 2013, and it is Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, was directed by Guillermo del Toro, and it is a lot of fun. It is giant monsters versus giant robots, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, I wasn't going to put it on at first in a way because, you know, I, I guess maybe because it has the robots. But then I was like, well, but the robots are only there because there's monsters. Like, that's the point of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I didn't feel like it was, I don't know, sometimes I get hung up on these things in my own head. You know what I mean? Those internal rules I mentioned, you know. Um, but I love Pacific Rim. I really love the monster design. And I think this film has some really great special effects. Oh, yeah, it does. It's fun to watch these battles uh, between these, these giant robots and giant monsters. You know, the, the film has some fun, quirky characters in it. But really, it comes down to the action scene. And they are on a scale that we have not seen in most typical, you know, robot versus monster movies. So um, I really love Pacific Rim, and that's my number three. Yeah, I do like the first Pacific Rim. It's uh, it's like it's just basically a live action anime. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, exactly. But as you say, yeah, great. I'm glad you, you're the Kaiju and I got on the list. Almost my my list to be honest, but not quite. Sure. But an excellent pick. Uh, my number two is uh, from 2016, and it's. Uh, it's Shin Godzilla, or as it was known in the West, a Godzilla Resurgence, mm. which uh, it's from was produced by Toho Studios. And this one, it's uh, there was I almost went with the original Godzilla movie because that's amazing, and it's it's unlike lots of the later ones where so the original ones from 1954, and it is dark and scary and spooky. But Shin Godzilla, I watched it, and it's uh, only watched it a few months back, but it's just. It started off. It's quite funny. You're mainly following the bureaucrats and uh, the the government of Tokyo as this this creature. Because at first, it doesn't look like Godzilla. It's like this giant tadpole kind of thing, which is just like wobbling around the city, and nobody's got a clue what's going on. It's just inadvertently destroying stuff. But as it goes on, it evolves and changes, 
And I was going, this is quite funny. I don't know what's going on here. And then it's, as, as it goes on, it gets more serious. But again, you're always with like the, the mayor in his office and people like this. You're not really with the military much, even though there's generals and things. But but then as Godzilla becomes the Godzilla that we sort of know and see, even though he is still quite different, you just go and you, you start feeling this dread building up and up and up. And, and then when he goes full, unleashes hell and death and destruction, I was there, I was watching going, oh my God. Oh, I was just blown away. It's just, it was shocking and it was scary and it was just amazing. It was a good reimagining of uh, Godzilla's origins and bringing it up to date. And uh, yeah, that's my number two, Shin Godzilla. Interesting. I have not seen that one. Oh, it's well worth checking out because I, yeah. I sort of put it put myself off seeing it for what for some reason. I can't remember why, but I'm very glad I watched it. Very cool. I will try and track that down. All right. Well, my number two has actually already appeared on your list. I don't think this will be a big surprise. It is <laughs> Tremors from 1990. And for all the reasons that you said, it is proper fun. It's great big giant worms under the under the earth. And you know, it does it does everything like that a giant monster or disaster movie should do where you know, it starts off, you meet the characters, things are kind of normal, then things start to happen, nobody believes them, and then, of course, everything goes to hell. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about this film, everything you said about it, I'll keep this brief, but it does have the humor in it. But what I really like is it's a proper monster movie with lots of monster action, but it takes the time to give you characters that you give a crap about. Yeah, definitely. You've yeah, got Kevin yeah. Bacon, you've got Fred Ward, Michael Gross, Reba McIntyre, you know, but it takes time to develop these characters just enough so that they're interesting and they all have their own unique personalities. And then that comes together with all these monsters and these people have to work together to try and survive. And I think that that kind of sets it apart from just being like a B movie, you know, creature feature. Totally, so yeah, uh, yeah. A, a Tremors obviously is, is a, you know, favorite for a lot of people. That's why it spawned like 700 direct-to-video sequels. But uh, I do love it so that's my number two yeah excellent yeah glad it was on your list as well okay well my number one it's an old one yes yeah it's from 1954 and it is them i had a feeling as soon as you said it was an old one i was like hmm all right and then you said 54 i said i I guess i was right yeah so this is the giant ants one and i do love this film it's just yeah i mean the 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 giant ants themselves a bit chunky but the whole idea of the the whole build-up with the the girl wandering in the desert and the policeman find her and she's not talking, but then there's the weird sound. Oh, it's just, it's just, I love it. It's just, it's just classic black and white creature feature, but it's, it's done seriously. And it's just, you start realizing what's, what it could, what it all means and how bad it would be if this actually happened, even though apparently it can't physically happen right. because of science. Right. Uh, but it's just, it was, I do like big bug films. And this is, I think this is one of my favorites of them all because it's got loads of familiar faces. I mean, James Whitmore was in Shawshank Redemption and things like that. But it's just, yeah, it's just, as I say, that when the, when the ants do turn up, you're going, oh, but you still go with it because everything around it is still so good. But it's just, it's the suspense and the build-up and the silence, especially the, the opening 20 minutes are just absolutely brilliant filmmaking. Right. Yeah, but that's that's my number one them that is a great pick i love i love that movie too it was a favorite from my childhood um yeah. and I, I do i do really like it so didn't make my list but you know there's a lot of movies to choose from for this list oh definitely definitely yeah all right well my number one does it tie into your pick from earlier or does it not is it the, is it the same film or is it not Ooh, okay and i will tell you that my number one is not the same as yours <gasps> but it is close and my number one is kong skull island oh excellent yeah yeah now this was a tough one for me because king kong from 1933 is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time i love that movie yeah yeah but when i came down to making this list because we agreed only one film per monster otherwise they would have both been on there yeah yeah um I, and i said okay if i had to sit down right now and pick one of these movies to watch which one would it be and i had to say it would be kong skull island and that is because i consider skull island to be 
basically a masterpiece at this point. I, I, this is a film that I loved the first time I saw it, and every time I watch it, I love it more and more. It grows in estimation, in my opinion. I think it is like the Apocalypse Now of monster movies, and <laughs> yeah. it's clearly very influenced by Apocalypse Now. The filmmaking, oh, totally, the yeah. cinematography, the color palette, the characters. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson basically is like the Martin Marlon Brando's character. He's obsessed yeah. with bringing down this King Kong, and and it and so the conflict isn't just between the humans and Kong and the monsters on the island, but also the humans amongst themselves. And I just think the cinematography in this film is just amazing. I mean, I've mentioned on the show before, but that, that opening scene with the helicopters and they're going with the sun behind them and there's the overhead shot. And then you see King Kong silhouetted with the sun behind him. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen put to film. I think the Kong special effects are amazing. I think he is a great character because he's, he's much more of a, yeah, a beast, but but a smart beast. And you, you learn about him and, and how he's trying to protect people from these monsters and, and sort of his kind of family history and stuff like that. And like I guess I just I love this more this movie more and more every time I see it. And so as soon as we said, you know, big monster movies, I, I pretty much already had that pegged as my number one, because if I'm going to watch any monster movie right now, it's it's going to be Kong Skull. And I will put that in my player again and again and just watch it over and over again. Excellent. I had the feeling I knew it would be on your list, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it is. It does get better. The more times you watch it, I've, I've enjoyed it each, more each time I've watched it. Yeah, I really I really do. I just think it's utterly fantastic. Yeah, so. and so far out of the new Godzilla cinematic universe they're trying to build, I think that's, uh, that's the best one so far as a whole. You know, yes, it's just it works better. It's got a good story. Most of the characters are pretty good. I mean, apart from, I suppose, the, the two leads, their characters are more like ciphers, really. But uh... Well, I think, yes and no. I mean, I think they do a better job in Kong Skull Island of developing the characters than in either of the Godzilla movies oh, so yeah, far. Oh, definitely, definitely, um, yeah, definitely. And, you know, yeah. because it's Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, even though they're not the most fleshed out characters in the world, because you like the actors, I think it makes the characters easier to get invested in. And then you have people like Samuel L. Jackson, uh, and there's a couple of supporting characters who you know, may or may not survive. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, yeah, but yeah. Th- you manage to get wrapped up in even in the short time that they have on screen. And th- some of the soldiers have kind of some backstories and some interesting stuff that makes them more interesting. So, uh, and then you have John C. Riley's character. So I think the characters yeah. in Kong Skull Island are much more fleshed out than the ones in, in the Godzilla movies. You and know. there's still time for like the big monster fights as well. They don't skimp on that. Right, film. exactly, exactly. Yeah, in fact, I, and I guess we should mention that the what inspired this list, this episode, is the Godzilla King of the Monsters being in theaters recently. And we said, oh, well, we should do a, yep, yep, yep. You know, a big monster movie top five. So that that's what inspired it. Although funny that neither of the newer Godzilla movies made our list. Yeah, that's probably yeah. because they, they could be better, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they <laughs> mean well, but don't quite do it. Right, exactly. Although they're both well, second one, King of the Monsters, was a lot more enjoyable to watch than the uh, the first one. I, I agree, but it's still generally missing something for me. Yeah, yeah, didn't didn't quite work for me. Yeah, but there you go. So those are our top five big monster movies. So if you saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters in theaters, you know, and now you're like, ah, I'm jonesing for some more big monster action. Check out some of these films because uh, they are all a lot of fun. They certainly are. Some good good picks on that list, but there's plenty more we could have gone with, but. Uh, they're the ones we're going for at the minute. I, I came very close to pissing off a whole lot of people and putting the 98 Godzilla by Roland Emmerich on my list because I oh my God, I really yeah. like that movie and I, I maintain that it's still the best of the recent Godzilla films, but uh, I didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, let's bring back Mike's controversial opinion of the week. Let's throw that on the list. But I, it got edged out by other movies that I like more. Well, it certainly certainly had more Godzilla than the, uh, the, the yeah, most recent I, ones. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so there you go. That is our top five big monster movies. Now, Phil, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you also had a closing statement that you've spent weeks preparing, and I think you want to share with our listeners. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, well, let me just find go it. Ahead. Hold on. I wrote it down. 
Uh, okay. <clears throat> and that's all. Truly wiser words have never been spoken. Very impressive, Phil. I know. I almost, I almost uh, cried a little bit there. That's actually the last part. <laughs> I, I found myself getting a little choked up. It, I, that was very moving. I'm glad that. I'm glad that's what I was going for. Yes. Yes. Wise words, indeed, sir. Wise words, yeah. indeed. Song to live by. <laughs> indeed. All right, there you go. So that's going to wrap up our list and that's going to wrap up our episode. Uh, but as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. And Phil, how are you? How are you? <laughs> I, don't, I didn't you, have anything. You just went dead. Uh, you just went dead. I, let me guess. I went. Why is it every time something funny happens, the audio cuts out and I'm left here like an idiot? I know it. And it's just before. I don't even hear any of it. So it's like... Right. It's it's uh, like your okay. it's like your Skype is trying to edit out my funny stuff. No, it's cutting out again. <laughs> of course it is. Phil has headed off to the restroom, or as he calls it in his British slang, he has nipped off to the loo. Um, and as you know, we have a long-standing tradition on after the ending of when one of us goes to the bathroom, the other one uh, talks to you, the audience, and um, you know it can be about anything. Uh, Phil once brought up some sort of weird uh, pastry dessert cake. Um, we've had, I think, some singing in the past. Uh, I don't know that uh, it's ever been anything all that momentous or important, but it is something that we like to do. So uh, I thought, you know, today I would take an opportunity to talk about something that, you know, really affects all of us uh, on a daily basis in our lives, and it is cavemen. When you think about it, they go much deeper than just Geico commercials, you know, and the occasional, you know, film about a caveman being thawed out and coming back to life like Encino Man. Um, but we're going to have to continue this because I hear Phil coming back. But just just think about it is all I'm saying. Just think about it. Cavemen, you know, they count. Cavemen matter, too. If I was holding up a scorecard right now, it would be like a 9.9. .9. That was very impressive. The the length of it, I thought, was really. Thank you very much. I, yeah. I do. I've been told it's a good length. <laughs> 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 you know as soon as i said that i was like yeah i was like huh how's that gonna go and i'm glad to see that you uh followed such, up appropriately it was such an easy one to go for but i just had to it had really to. was all right don't stop recording because oh, okay <laughs> it's that time yay here we go you ready for this yeah what vampire always eats junk food what vampire um always eats junk food uh, I don't know. Snackula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one, right? Yeah, I'll give you that you. one. That's a good thank one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I like that too. All right. So well, there we go. Finally, I got one that you, you genuinely <laughs> approve of. <laughs> Excellent. Uh,